everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your twilight. <laughs> That's harder over video. Uh, listeners, this is the first time that we have recorded from separate locations. So please forgive us if the quality takes a nosedive. We don't really know. Yeah. Hashtag quarantine. We're just being responsible, social distancing, um, doing what we got to do. Yeah, we hope that you are all safe and healthy and okay, and we are here to deliver some much-needed laughs. So, I mean, I'm in my bed right now. I'm I'm really chilling about this whole new situation that we got for recording. I am also in my bed. And you know what? If this goes well, then we can continue to record from our homes sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) So, listeners, Uh, we have read Life and Death. By Some we of have, have read, read Life and Death. I mean, me and Olivia did. <laughs> um, I do read it. We apologize for how long it has been since we released an episode. That is because it took us so damn long to read this stupid book. It really was a slog. <laughs> it really was a stupid book. I was like bargaining with myself. Like, look, read a page and you can play Animal Crossing for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know... Since last we said uh, we were going to be reading New Moon next, um, we took a detour to read Life and Death by Stephanie Meyer, which, if you don't know, is the entirety of Twilight, the whole book, written again anew, but with everybody gender swapped. Okay, but not everybody. Except not everybody, because there's some exceptions. Stupid exceptions. This is the 10th anniversary edition of Twilight, so I spent a while just trying to imagine, like, how this happened. Um, Which I feel like, you know, I have a a touch of insight into just as somebody who works in publishing now. Like, I'm going to assume that they were, you know, sitting around like, okay, guys, the 10th anniversary is coming up. Like, this is great. People are still into this. We should, like, revive the whole thing. Like, should we do... A special edition with like a new forward from Stephanie or Hang is there on. something I else? have something to say. I want to jump in. So readers, this book starts with a forward. So Stephanie Meyer wrote a letter about how this came to be. And she says specifically that the publisher asked for like, you know, just kind of like a happy anniversary letter. And she right. was like, that seems so boring. So <laughs> I wrote this book. Can you? Yeah imagine working so like at that, this publisher and they ask for like 400 words and she turns in a novel right like her editor is like okay you know I'll go to Stephanie see what she wants to do like well I'm sure we'll come up with something fun and yeah you're right Stephanie turns around and is like okay but what if I addressed every criticism that has ever been leveled at me about Bella Swan by rewriting the whole book and, and it someone worse. in operations had to, like, figure out what this book would cost, had to, like, look <laughs> at the supply chain, see, like, what printers had availability. Just, like, look, one of my favorite thinking thing... of adding 16 pages, which is one signature. <laughs> uh, instead. And one of my favorite things is that the hardcover edition of this book includes both books. Both books. Like is it just one heavy. after another? Is it like an upside down situation? Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Let's 
let's dive in. So she Can decides to fan herself. Yes, we right. have to start with this letter where she's like, okay, this is why I did this. She notes right off the top that gender and species aside, Twilight has always been a story about the magic and obsession and frenzy of first love. I thought that that was a well-written sentence that is untrue. <laughs> um, I think it's partly true. I think it's like at least 50% about vampires. But like maybe almost 50% about the magic and obsession of first love. Yeah, I think she definitely did nail the magic and obsession and frenzy aspect. But like, I just don't think you can say gender and species aside about right. Twilight. Right. No, those you are can't. both intrinsic to the book. I think, I mean, before she says that, she says Bella has always gotten a lot of censure for getting rescued on multiple occasions. And people have complained about her being a typical damsel in distress. My answer to that has always been that Bella is a human in distress, a normal human being surrounded on all sides by people who are basically superheroes and supervillains. So her point is that, like, Bella isn't lame because she's a girl. Bella is lame because she's a human. And she breaks down the different changes that you can expect to see in the coming pages. So she's like, first of all, here's one thing that didn't change. Charlie and Renee are still Charlie and Renee because back in 1987, I just don't think that the okay. dad would have gotten custody okay. a flighty I feel like, dad okay can I, like a flighty can... irresponsible dad because renee is flighty can... and irresponsible i just i have such a i i have i have such a thing with this point like you have rewritten this book for everyone to be gender swapped but you could not get around the top like the fact that you had a really hard time believing that any judge would give a child like employed to a father over a mother like you're literally changing the genders of everyone and you're talking about vampires and you couldn't come up with a scenario in which charlie could be a woman and it makes sense i was like that's can, lazy ass shit you can suspend your disbelief for vampires right. but not like well, custody and she also i mean will get into her like weird twisting of the story to get around other problems. Exactly. Like, there are other problems. Like, like this is the problem you couldn't fix. Right. One. Like Carlisle's story when it becomes Kareen's story is like a different story because it doesn't really make sense exactly. because he was born in 1600s. So she just like changed some stuff about it. So I it like, is kind of weird. Th- no, this to me signals like Stephanie Meyer's like inability to actually handle like gender and like to to shape her story around it is the fact that she couldn't get over the fact that a judge would very unlikely give custody to a child to a father right i was like girlfriend you clearly do not understand what you're doing then if you could not get around this one like fact of right minor fact i agree Um, i don't think stephanie meyer was like qualified to write this gender swap (laughs) no no um not at all and I think that it's going to be a lot harder for us to defend this version of the book than Twilight. I can't. I can't defend it. Her second point, I actually don't know what she's talking about. The second exception is very small. A few background characters mentioned only twice. There were two characters in the wider Twilight universe who really got the shaft in an ongoing sense. So instead of doing a swap, I gave them a coup. I have no idea what this is about. Yeah. yeah right. Why I don't know what character she's talking about. I literally Why wrote and I- Maya and I finished the whole thing and I never caught this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to. Um, okay, the next category of changes were necessitated by Bo's status as a male person. Um, these are rough estimates. I did not do any math. Uh, 5% of the changes I made were because Bo is a boy. I don't want to, I just want to read you her claims before we get into it. 5% of the changes were because Bo's personality developed just slightly differently than Bella's, with no mention of why that may or may not have happened. 70% of the changes, 70%, 70% of the changes I made were because I was allowed to do a new editing run. I got to fix almost every word that has bothered me since the book was printed, and it was glorious. 10% were things that she wished that she'd done the first time around. She didn't explore it the way she wanted to. Um, so she got to kind of go back and do what she considered a better job. 5% were mythology issues, mistakes, um, mostly related to visions. Like, you know, it makes sense that after you write a first book, things kind of develop later that you didn't realize at the time. Um, and then 5% are miscellaneous. So... I just We'll dig into this as we go, but if Stephanie Meyer is alleging that nothing would change if you gender swap it, but then says, since I gender swapped it, you know, 10% of these things had to change. Um, 5%. Well, it says 5% because he's a boy and then 5% because his personality was different. So I'm looping those into 10. His personality would be so different because guess what? He grew up a white boy. Like, yeah, just... the only the only reason his personality would be different is because he's a boy, because that's exactly. supposedly the only difference. So those, I agree, are the same category. Yeah, I just feel like it's very confusing that this whole book is like, okay, the point, my point here is that nothing would change if Bella was a boy. So I'm going to spend the time to write the whole book over again with a boy main character and then, like, isn't the point that literally nothing would change? So then, right. why so then would I read it? Book? And right. second of all, why did you write it and change stuff if that contradicts your own point about how nothing would change? If you, if what you really wanted to do was just fix all the stuff that bothered you from the first time around, then go ahead and just fix that stuff and release like an updated 10th anniversary anniversary like a revised a revised edition for the as long as you change less than olivia is it 10 percent of the you can keep the same isbn so she could just like update twilight change less than 10 percent of it and be fine yeah but guess what she apparently like 70% of the changes were just like, <laughs> I've wanted to and I got to. Yay. That's All like right. a lot. We gotta, we gotta start talking about it. Okay. The Okay. This book was both more similar and more different from Twilight than I expected it to be. Like, I think I expected it to be like a fun, like, oh, I just get to like note the little changes, but like it's still the same fun of reading Twilight. And it yeah. was like, not that guys i yeah. was so excited about this book i was so do you remember how excited i was i was you were, pumped i didn't want to read it at all i know i could i convinced <laughs> us to read this <laughs> like i was so excited i was like oh my god this is gonna be twilight but with an editor like we've been arguing this entire time like if she just had an editor to go through and fix the things we didn't like twilight would be amazing and right. like so like we can only assume then that life and death is you know stephanie's ideal vision of twilight 
you know, just like with gender swapped characters. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm really going to see, you know, what was Stephanie's kind of like original vision? What changed? What didn't change? Like, it's really going to show us what Twilight would have been either with or without an editor, which is like one of our major points, like throughout the entire Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, I really take back everything I said about Twilight not being edited because this is definitely (laughs) not edited. One, they don't, they didn't have the time to edit it. Like they were expecting a letter. There was no time. So now that I see what she's like unedited, I really take it back. Oh yeah. This, but it's not unedited. This is self-edited. Right. And I felt like I realized like halfway through it was like, it's not edited. It's overworked. Like I've done this to myself. Like you write something and then you keep working on it. And suddenly it's just like, you're trying too hard to do the thing that you were doing. And you just like kind of add more bulk to it and it gets worse. You like really, really try to explain yourself so much. That it gets worse. And like, this feels overworked to me. Like, it feels longer. I don't know if it's literally longer, but it's it is literally longer. longer. It is literally longer. Okay, so instead of opening with a Genesis quote, uh, we get a quote <gasps> from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh my what god, you're fuck? right. If his destiny be strange, it is also sublime. That's Bo's... Okay, so if you don't know, Bella becomes Bo, and Edward becomes Edith. Bo's favorite book is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea instead of Wuthering Heights. Because he's a boy. Because he's a boy. Because he's a boy and he wouldn't like a romance. <laughs> He'd like an yeah, much less enticing. Much less enticing than the Genesis quote, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think that it's it's just like much more direct uh, reflection of what happens in the book. We'll get to uh-huh. the end, listeners, uh-huh. but like Bo's uh-huh. destiny is strange and sublime. Yeah, that's true. Um, Melissa, could you reread the first sentence of Twilight? Uh, Yes, I would love to, because guess what? Twilight was so much better. (laughs) I like, if anything, life and death made me appreciate Twilight more than I like. I know. Like, okay, I just want to say that rereading life and death is what I thought rereading Twilight would be like, because, you know, I've had such like a derisive like opinion of Twilight over the years in right my, in my hating of it like I thought that when I reread Twilight it would be like what I felt while rereading or not rereading but reading Life and Death just like disgust which is how I felt <laughs> reading the first two chapters of Life and Death but like reading them I'm like oh my god Twilight yes Twilight was good there were so many things good. about Twilight that I really liked and guess what those were the p- things that changed so like and I, I want to make sure that like it's not just nostalgia like obviously there's nostalgia factor for us with twilight but i think this is literally worse i don't think it's just no it's literally worse okay i agree that it's literally worse (laughs) read the first sentence of the preface okay i'd never given much thought to how i would die though i'd had reason enough in the last few months but even if i had i would not have imagined it like this okay the only thing that changes is that she edited that phrase at the beginning to i'd never given much thought to dying which I think is worse. Yeah. Because it's less specific. It's like more conversational. Right. Because boys and think it's in contractions. <laughs> and then, okay, in the 
largest paragraph. I knew that if I'd never gone to Forks, I wouldn't be about to die now. What's the original? The original is, um, I knew that if I'd never gone to Forks, I wouldn't be facing death now. It got worse. It got, it worse. got worse. Facing death is way better than about yeah. to die now. Yeah. You Why did tell she do that? Stephanie sat down with a copy of Twilight open and was, like, rewriting it. And a lot of the time she does tweak sentences. And so I guess she was just thinking, like, oh, well, you know, I'm rewriting it. I want it to feel fresh and new to readers but still be the same story. But she had, like, already come up with the best phrasing. So her adapted phrasing was just worse. We talked about how the preface was perfect. And she changed the preface. And she changed it. I think I also imagined her originally like sitting with the document open of right. Twilight and like literally like okay find replace Bo. but that's definitely not what happened it feels a lot more like she had it open next to her and was rewriting just yeah, rewriting she actually it. Yeah. document so if we jump into chapter one first sight her first big change is that instead of just like an a non-event of arriving in Forks, Bo gets to Forks and like there's some kind of like confusing thing that happens while getting into the cop car. Bo like accidentally like brushes up against oh, someone or something. Um, uh, I did want to talk about something else before that though. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Just that now in Life and Death, she puts a date at the very beginning It's January 17th, 2005, which is something that we did not get in Twilight. We had no idea really what time of the year it was. You know, we just knew it was warm in Arizona and not warm in Forks. (laughs) And I thought that getting dates was huge. Like, I don't know. I think when I read Twilight, I didn't have no idea it was January. Like, it made me think about it a lot more. Like, who moves in January? I don't Uh know. I felt like it made sense to add a year in case anybody, in case just like some teenager is, you know, picking up life and death right. first, um, completely new to the franchise. And it's just good to like tell them, hey, there aren't widespread cell phones. This is the past. Yeah, I thought there were going to be dates throughout. There are not. This is the only one. And so I agree with Maya that I think the only reason this is here is to be like, hey, I didn't bother changing what year this happened in. So yeah, there's like, there's no cell phones. And there's dial-up internet. And yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, But also, so I, I took so many notes on just like the first page. Is just that <laughs> um, we have like internal narrative from Bo where we did not from Bella. Like just mm-hmm. on the first page, she's like, Bo comments to himself. Okay, just a tad melodram- melodramatic there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Like, I, I literally highlighted it and I circled it. And I was like, Bella would never, I don't know, like, internally comment about how melodramatic she's being. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like a major attempt to, uh, I don't know, make Twilight more relatable to, like, teenagers. But, like, Maybe. I don't know, also boys. I have no idea. But I was like, I it know. felt very jarring to me. I also um, wrote... Right there, he also says, I have an overactive imagination. And I wrote, like, more self-aware. Right, exactly. Like, I guess, I guess Bella talks about being, like, an old lady. But it's a different tone than this. Yes, 100%. And that just initially threw me. Because I was like, okay, well, these, like, aren't the same characters at all. Like, we literally have this boy who has internal melodramatic thoughts about himself. 
where Bella mm-hmm. absolutely did not. And so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is already out the door. Like, these are just different people. Mm. And one thing that we appreciate about Bella is that she's very earnest. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of sad to lose that. Um, I also noted that uh, Stephanie did not mention that because Renee is Renee, Phil is also Phil. Right. Didn't, True. Uh, didn't mention that she had to stay straight. So that also meant that Phil had to be Phil. Didn't maybe maybe, that, maybe that's one of the two people. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Was was Phil's, I don't know, narrative any different? No. Not it's really exactly not. the same. Yeah. This doesn't, if Phil is one of the two people she's referring to is like getting a coup, I don't think that feels like a coup. No, right. definitely not. Did we mention at the beginning, um, listeners, I did not read this book. I only read the first two chapters. Um, <laughs> I tried. I tried. Just just um, couldn't make it. I hate it so much. I Truly, I was like, I can't. I, I originally was not even going to tell you guys that I wasn't reading it. And just like, <laughs> we were going to record and be like, and I was going to be like, by the way, as we discussed this, I didn't actually read it. Um, that but, didn't work because we had to check no, in every you, three yeah, you, days. Like, uh, how are you doing? I'm not doing too good. Right. I tried to be really vague where you guys were like, can you guys do like Thursday? And I was like, I can do whatever day. Yeah. <laughs> that was when I was like, Melissa's not reading this book. <laughs> you were like. We were like, would this day be good? And you were like, I'll be ready whenever you guys are ready. And I was like, well, we already missed the first date that we said we were going to record. So that's clearly <laughs> not true. Melissa's not reading this book. <laughs> right. And then I did press up and I was like, okay, FYI, I'm not reading anymore. I decided uh, a few days ago, I'm not doing this. Um, a real so- Bella moment. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk about, we have to talk about the book. So. Yes. Um. Bo arrives in Forks or like Port Angeles or wherever the fuck the plane lands, you know? Um, <laughs> and as he's I think leaving the airport, his foot catches on the lip of the exit door. He's still, you know, clumsy. Uh, and his bag swings out and like hits someone going in. And Bo's like, oh, sorry. And the guy is like, sorry. And there's like a woman with him. Uh, and they're like weird and antagonizing. Uh, and they like kind of eye Charlie, who you know is clearly a cop, and then it ends. So yeah. just know that I that don't... weird exchange gets added, <laughs> and it's relevant later on. Um, and also just illustrates that Stephanie still doesn't know anything about airports. Like, girlfriend, you can edit yourself. Learn what airports are. <laughs> <laughs> that was this was where I slowly became disillusioned to uh, the whole thing. Was page five where I was like. She could have learned about airports, and she didn't. And instead, she added some weird-ass scene about Charlie being a cop. And I just, that was where I started going downhill. It's true that the way it's written is, like, the cruiser is parked just at, like, the very front door of the airport. Yeah. Uh, You know what? Maybe it's a tiny-ass airport. Well, I was going to say, even at the very small (laughs) regional airports that I've been to, like, you, know, you, you can't park at the very front. You're right. You well, like, I'm not referring to security, just like you know, there's you a parking lot. The plane. Right. He says they stumbled off the plane into Charlie's awkward one armed hug. Like, okay, whatever. Anyway, I'm spending too much time on this plane detail. I was Yeah, just anyways. Um Bo Yeah, like Melissa said, like Bo is kind of different. He has the same 
like responsibilities with Renee that Bella had, but he kind of approaches them. It sound, kind of sounds different. Um, unlike other guys, I didn't have a ton of free time for hobbies. I had a checkbook to balance, a clogged drain to snake, and a week's groceries to shop for. I don't know. Like, with Bella, it just sort of seems like she's just sort of resigned and, like, Renee's not doing it, so she just kind of does it. And with Bo, right. it comes across a little more, like, Stephanie Meyer says that Bo doesn't have the same chip on his shoulder as Bella, but that's just not yes. true because throughout this book, we're going to see Bo resent having to be so responsible in a way that Bella really just like doesn't seem to mind. Right. I kind of feel like Bo is even more boring than Bella. He's way more boring. I think it's very uneven. There are moments where I think he shows more personality than Bella. And I think there are moments where he shows less. I think there are moments at least, well, you know, speaking from my 20 pages reading where (laughs) Stephanie try to make it seem like he has personality by adding an anecdote about how he doesn't know anything about baseball statistics or whatever or like he has this monty python t-shirt on right we would never get that kind of detail about bella no (laughs) so on the top of page 12 there's a moment where Bo is like gearing himself up to be ready to go to the Forks High School for the first time. And he's like, seriously, it's not like this is a life and death situation. It's just uh-huh, high school. Uh-huh, it's not uh-huh, like uh-huh, anyone uh-huh, was going uh-huh. to bite me. Uh-huh, Roll uh-huh, my uh-huh. eyes through my whole body. <laughs> Stephanie was like, I have to get the title in. I'm going right. to do it with a little joke. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, she did use whatever. the bite me joke in Twilight. Um, yeah, but like a lot later, I think. No, it's around. It's the same page, I think. Oh, oh just kidding. Page, but like. I mean, she doesn't well, make a life and death joke, but she still she uses kept the that bite stupid me. joke. Yeah, <laughs> I will give Bo the fact that his full name, which is Beaufort, is a lot more embarrassing than Isabella is. Like oh. Bella not liking Isabella never makes any sense. It's just like a weird personal preference. But obviously, nobody would want to be called Beaufort. Like, sorry to anybody listening to this who's named Beaufort, but probably you don't exist because it's a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> if you do, please write in. <laughs> right. Um, and tell us how you feel about being named Beaufort, which is like after his grandmother, grandfather, it's like a thing, but I don't know. It's whatever. I want to say that Beaufort, like Bella, doesn't... Okay, so there's one moment there at the school where Beaufort says dressing room again. Michaela, Mm -hmm. so that's Mike, is lingering by Bo instead of heading to the dressing room. Yep. And then he's like... I smiled at her before walking through to the boys' locker room door. I was just like, okay, again, where's the editor? Just a quick question, <laughs> where's the editor? Also, yeah. you were editing yourself. How do you not, I don't know, read that and be like, oh, wait. Oh, dressing room, that's weird. Uh, who knows? Uh, Maybe it's a regional thing. Okay, but I still I still want to talk about uh, Stephanie being unable to write from a boy's perspective. Um, because, like, I'm on page seven right now. Um, where Bo is exchanging a few more comments on the weather, which was wet. And I was like, okay, that was very much also a Bella thing. But yeah. like Bo's internal thought is it was probably beautiful or something. Yeah. And I was just like, very different tone. <laughs> very like, different not, tone. This is not a real thought that even boys have, like, oh, that's probably beautiful or something. Like, you know, like maybe they'll edit themselves when they speak, but you know, 
in your in your head you're probably like oh wow that's really pretty or i don't they know they still recognize beauty beauty right it's not it was probably beautiful or something like it just seems like she read that and was like oh, a boy would never say that like okay yeah maybe a teenage boy would never say that but the whole point is that their internal thoughts are not their external you know performance to everyone well this else. book has a different dedication than twilight this yeah, one is dedicated to my boys, Gabe, Seth, and Eli, yeah. for letting me be a part of the teenage boy experience. I couldn't have written this without you. Yeah, Stephanie I, Meyer, really think about this. Do you think your sons are being honest with you about their <sighs> inner teenage boy thoughts? No. I literally really? wrote, she should have left them out of it. Yeah. I wrote <laughs> under this dedication. Because it truly reads like she was like, what do boys think? What do they say? Like, what do they care about? Oh, they don't think things are beautiful. They don't think they're um, beautiful or something. And I just, I. I'm going to throw a, Stephanie yeah. a bone here because in the same paragraph, I believe she has edited out the word greenly, which we gave her a lot of shit for. Yes. Um, yes. And we instead, did she says, even the air had turned green by the time it filtered down through the leaves. And I think that is good. Yeah, it's I mean, better. It sure. still makes no sense. Yes. Better than greenly. This really, so to go back to the gender stuff, with every gender-swapped character, even though Stephanie Meyer says that nothing is going to change, there really is just, like, a different tone in the way Stephanie writes about them. Uh, For instance, Michaela, um, who is Mike, Stephanie describes her as acting, like, territorial, and that Mm -hmm. word is italicized. Whereas yeah. Mike is talked about, you know, Mike is like, he's oh, he's like kind of pathetic. He's a puppy dog. Right. Puppy but dog. Michaela is this like scheming territorial woman. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're like totally she cannot right. talk about gender in an actual nuanced way. Like she literally changes these things in such problematic ways that just reinforces actual gender stereotypes. And she doesn't seem to know that it's because of gender because... Her little breakdown says that 5% were because Bo is a boy. She doesn't even address changes to that are because everybody else has also been changed. Right. Like, that should be in this breakdown a lot. Like, Bo isn't the only gender-swapped character here. And I think a lot of changes are because the other characters have swapped genders. And she doesn't even right. address that. No. I think that's a big part of why Bo does have more resentment over having to essentially be the parent because you know women are expected to kind of like be long suffering and step up exactly. in a way that men aren't right. and so page like 42 yeah. when Bo reflects on Charlie putting snow tires on his truck and Bo's like oh that's not his job and then he's like oh actually yes it is he's the parent he should be taking care of me his son that's how it works in books and tv and Bella just like never takes that tack no it never occurs to her like I found this random spot later on where like this is how many times I've read Twilight I was like oh in this scene Bella's eating Charlie comes in and Charlie's like oh Bells can you get me some of that lasagna and then she literally heats him up a plate of lasagna which I noticed in Twilight because it annoyed me that he couldn't microwave his own lasagna and in this book Bo eats both of the leftover pieces of lasagna and since stephanie can't invent more fake lasagna to be left over charlie makes himself a sandwich yeah like what why (laughs) also bo has to eat two pieces of lasagna because boys are hungry yeah exactly 
as a teenager, I ate a a massive amount of food. Like, (laughs) like, Stephanie doesn't understand, I don't know, the different experiences that a boy growing up would have versus a girl growing up. Like, they're just... Like, their worldview is going to be completely different, especially, like, just take into account privilege and, I don't know, the interactions that you have in a world where, right, you're taking care of your mom instead of, you know, Bella taking care of her mom. I don't know. It literally changes everything. I mean, I think she she captured a little bit of that, I think, without realizing, like, Bo is, I don't know, he's, like, a little more self-aware. He's not as, like... I, I don't know if I can put it into words, but, like, he does sort of move through the world differently than Bella does. He he takes much bigger swings than Bella did. So if we're looking at page 39, which, listeners, that's where uh, they've been doing, like, the onion route in biology, uh, you know... Bo and Edith go back and forth, blah, 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 whatever. And afterwards, Bo is talking to Michaela, and Michaela's like, oh, that's that like sucked. You're really lucky you had Edith for a partner. In Twilight, Bella is like, mm, I didn't struggle with it. Bo, in this instance, just rolls over. Bo is like, oh, yeah, like she was really helpful. Like, no resentment yeah. whatsoever. That's but true. later, Bo takes this like massive swing that Bella would never take so when everyone is asking bella out to the dance even though it's girl choice she's just like "Mm, annoying uh (laughs) bella as we know is like "Ooh, i don't want to go to the dance with tyler i don't want to go to prom with him i'm just gonna like let him think whatever he wants to think that's his problem she kind of she kind of doesn't do anything about it she just like suffers in silence yeah but Bo does not do that I'm trying to find the page. What are you uh, looking for? I'm talking about the bad teen movie scene that Stephanie Meyer decides to add to this. <laughs> Wait, what is this scene? <laughs> There's an entirely new scene where Bo is tired of... Okay, I found it. It's page okay. 179. Okay. Bo is tired of Taylor telling people that they're going to prom together. So and Taylor is Tyler. Yes, Taylor is Tyler. Bo like marches over to where everybody is sitting edith is on the sidelines like watching uh, and Bo says taylor can i have a minute taylor's like sure Bo. look i can't do this anymore everybody gets all silent and is like what's going on taylor's like what i scowled it was easy i was pretty angry right now that i hadn't <laughs> talked myself out of this or come up with a better way but it was too late for improv now, which is literally exactly what you're doing. You're improving. (laughs) Bo says, I'm tired of being a pawn in your game, Taylor. Do you even realize that I have feelings of my own? And all I can do is watch while you use me to make someone else jealous. You don't care if you break my heart in the process. Is it being beautiful that's made you so cruel? Oh my God. Uh, And then he like, he's like, I'm not going to play anymore. This whole prom charade, I'm out. Go with the person you really want to be with. A longer glare this time at Logan. And then That's I stopped boring. away. So, so instead of being like, oh, yeah, it's really weird that Tyler like says we're going to prom and we're not. Bo is like, I need to fix this problem by marching over and fake breaking up with someone that I was never dating in front of everyone else. 
it makes no sense why wouldn't taylor just be like what are you talking about you're being right. weird and it's kind of like to get her to get with logan who's lauren who is the one that that like I don't know lauren is just like a random villain who never matters and she's just like a mean girl who exists to be the mean girl i feel like in twilight and here well, stephanie like, tried to like explain it stephanie in life and death is is like oh people didn't understand why lauren was mean it was because lauren was interested in tyler and she could right? tell that tyler was interested in bella that's why lauren hates bella and stephanie Which meyer was like i have to explain started. that to them Right. So I'll just create this scene. Right. But like Senseless. I don't know, the rivalry with Lo- between Logan and Bo is never the same. Jeremy, who is Jessica, comes across I think totally differently. Like oh, they they so have even awful. less they have even less of a friendship than Bella and Jessica have. Is that because they're boys? I don't know. And like Alan, who is Angela, is like barely in this. I get no sense of Alan at all. I kept forgetting who Alan was supposed to be. Uh, I would love to talk about Jeremy and how awful he is. Jessica (laughs) is someone that legitimately wants to be friends with Bella. You know, there's definitely a little bit of an element that's like, ooh, like the new girl. How interesting. She's already popular. I want to be friends with her. Like, there's definitely some of that from Jessica, but like she cares about Bella. Yeah. Jeremy is just like a gross dude. And we <laughs> never see any sense that he's like actually invested in any friendship. Uh, there's a moment when Edith is listening to Jeremy's mind and reporting back to Bo. And instead of saying what was said in Twilight, which was like, he's wondering if we're secretly dating. He wants to know if we're secretly dating and exactly which base you've gotten to with me. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Stephanie Meyer just being like, ha ha, boys boys are gross. (laughs) Nasty. Like, uh, Jeremy is so much worse. Yeah. Like, you really don't get, I don't know. Jessica, I think, is just, like, dismissed as, like, a bubbly dumb girl. But she is, like, invested in... Bella and I feel like it's easy for us to see through and be like oh Bella should have been friends with Jessica like this is so silly why aren't they just actual friends Jessica's being really nice right but yeah they have a lot more Bo has a lot more like actual conflict with Jeremy than there is with Jessica is yeah Jeremy's a pervert like I mean a few pages later he's like instead of like being disappointed that they aren't secretly dating when Bo slash Bella says it's not like that. He's like, please tell me you at least made out with her. Anything. It's like, ew. Gross. <laughs> Is Bo still like also though a bad friend? Like, I don't know. I It would make sense to me if J- Jeremy were not as invested in Bo. If Bo was just as much Which- of a good friend as Bella was to Jessica. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Which is like not... Which is not. Like, right. Bella's a terrible friend. I don't, and so I don't think so. I don't think Bo is as aggressively like not interested in the people around him. I think Bo comes off better than Bella did because yeah. people were like reaching out to Bella and like making real overtures of friendship that she was rejecting. Whereas Bo like doesn't really have these things to reject. And in this scene that Stephanie added. Like, even though Bo is mostly motivated to, like, 
get out of this prom situation that he's not interested in he like does so in a way to try to get logan and taylor together which is something that bella like doesn't seem to really care about right Right. and like jeremy is like kind of mean to Bo, and Bo doesn't like snap back at all this is another example where he kind of like rolls over like jeremy tells him i don't know jeremy's like oh well maybe i should try to look more pathetic if that's what edith is into and Bo says go for it and jeremy says it won't take her long to get bored with you i bet ouch and all Bo says is yeah i'm sure you're right and like there's no sign that's sarcastic Bo is just like yeah like i'm i am way worse than her in every respect you're right also, what friend says that to another friend? Jesus. Which is how Bella is also, but it, I don't know, like, she would maybe just, like, not reply or, like, snap back at Jessica a little bit, but Bo kind of, like, rolls over. I don't know. They have a weird dynamic, and it's, like, clear. Like, do you think Stephanie realized, like, oh, these people need to actually not be friends because... Bo ends up disappearing from their lives or is it just like mm. totally unconscious like this is what I think boys are like I don't think that that Stephanie Meyer was self-aware enough to be like oh Bo's <laughs> gonna disappear from their lives I want to make that loss easier I think right. that she was just like this is what boys are like like kinda... at the bottom of that page Jeremy is like seriously what the hell because this is when Edith is uh beckoning yeah. Bo over to have lunch together for the first time like Jessica if I remember correctly was just like kind of confused and was like yeah Ooh, like Edward ooh. Cullen is looking at you like this What's is exciting going on with that like I'm sort of offended but also excited for you right <laughs> yeah but Jeremy is only coming just from like, like a place of spite it's like really annoying well I haven't ever ticked in a long time <laughs> uh, you're welcome it's just inspired by the 2005 setting of this book <laughs> uh i want to say a really fun addition that stephanie meyer made into that first lunch that they share mm-hmm. uh Bo is trying to like be gentlemanly and like carry something for edith uh and he's like hey let me get your bag for you and Edith looks up with at him with doe eyes. Does it look too heavy for me? Well, I mean, and he takes the bag and it's like heavy as like a bag of bricks. Uh, and she he held like it out down with it. She held it out deliberately using just the tip of her pinky finger. Um, she also very randomly adds in how much their two lunches cost, and <laughs> the answer to that is. 2433. I wrote in all caps $12 for a school lunch in a high school area in 2005. What? My lunches were like $4 and they were six if they were like treat yourself expensive. And like the only reason that she does that is so that Edith can pay. Like, it's so weird. What the fuck? Like, that's. And so I think expensive. I think it's supposed to be like, oh, she picked out a shitload of food, maybe because she doesn't understand how to eat. But like, also, again, like Edward, she just buys a shitload of food for herself that she knows she's gonna throw away. What the fuck? So, so conspicuous. 
Why? They're really bad at blending in, even in this uh, one. Like, truly so just awful. Okay, I did make a note. On page 19, uh, Stephanie makes a note about what Edith is wearing. Um, a white Henley, which is a type of shirt. Um, also, another point that apparently Bo cares about clothes not at all, but knows what a Henley is. Like, I had to Google it. Um, <laughs> also, it comes up in Animal Crossing FI, which is how I know that this is actually menswear. And I also confirmed <laughs> this. Um, Henleys are primarily for men. Um, Interesting. But it is a white Henley pushed up to her elbows. And I was like, well, another surprising cool. detail of clothing that still makes no sense. Stop age. <laughs> also on that same page, I forgot that this happened. Um, at first, the narrative spells Edith the way you oh, think yeah. that Edith would be spelled, which is yeah. E-D-I-T-H. And then um Bo sees her name written down and he quote-unquote had been spelling her name wrong in my head I hate when narrative does that so intensely it's actually e-d-y-t-h-e which is stupid and also though he knows how to spell Michaela correctly this is a weird like way to spell Michaela you just have to not do that because it's dumb like then you have to think about how every character's name is spelled ever and that makes no sense to do exactly I read a couple reviews of this um, before we started, just because I was curious. And one of the ones I found printed in The Guardian misspelled Edith the whole way through. Wow. Incredible. I love that. The media did not care about this book. (laughs) I love that. Wait, that's hilarious. (laughs) Um, I want to say one of my main. experiences of reading this book was how much I couldn't get the original out of my head like I felt like I was reading I thought I would get into it at some point like right you know like I would just be in this new world everything would be cool and smooth and it really wasn't like I felt like I was reading with double vision the whole time I especially found this with the Cullens maybe because there's so many of them maybe because you don't spend much time with any of them Like, I just kept having to, like, think of their counterparts in order to understand who I was reading about. Like, Archie, who's Alice, gets a lot more screen time. And I feel like I got into, like, who Archie was, but I was still sort of imagining him Alice-ish. And all of the other ones I had through. It's a really good way to describe it. Double vision, yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, I think perhaps it's time that we talk about one of her most egregious changes, because <laughs> this was a moment where I totally had that double vision feeling, where it was just like, wh- why would you change this? It, I did get into it at a certain point, like, somewhere, like, around the middle, I started, like, flipping pages a lot faster, and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this story is moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one moment that really took me out of it as many did when she just like made weird changes was the bottom of 149 right before chapter 10 interrogations stephanie changed can we do a read by read i have both versions open oh for sure stephanie changed her most iconic what i argued we her most iconic iconic paragraph it's it's on the back cover of all of it's the only copy on the back of the paperback of the original book now Yes, and she changed it, Melissa. And it's like, it in the flap copy. It's like you know cover. that 
so many fans are like the people who are reading this are fans and so to change the stuff that's already like running in your head as you read it it's just distracting and weird yeah, okay i think awful. that you should read twilight twilight first sentence first and then maya should read life and death okay okay um twilight bella about three things i was absolutely positive first edward was a vampire second there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Now here's what it is in life and death. There were a few things I knew for sure. For one, Edith was an actual vampire. <laughs> for another, there was a part of her that saw me as food. <laughs> but, no, I'm getting it together, I'm getting it together, I'm getting it together. But in the for another, there was a part of her that saw me as food. Oh, I can't read it. But in the end, none of that mattered. All that mattered. Oh, I'm losing it entirely. I'm so sorry, guys. All that mattered was that I loved her more than I'd ever imagined it was possible to love anything. She was everything I wanted, the only thing I would ever want. Okay, the also- transition from saw me as food to this like deep declaration of love yeah hilarious okay. plus like um, the, the original gets across that weird tension of like how sexy vampires are like what is it again how potent and i didn't that know how dominant be. that part might right. be that thirsted for my blood that's potent. what it is right yeah, it's second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be potent. that thirsted for my blood. But yeah, we talked like about that... this in an earlier episode. It it was, it's like written in some places as dominant. So right, like that exactly. was a type change. Potent. And like that gets exactly at the like weird sexiness and danger of vampires. And like, you know, it's kind of like forbidden and weird that it's sexy that he wants to murder you but like that's the whole point of twilight and she changed it to there was a part of her that saw me as food like it just like what sunks okay. you down onto the ground like what um, so painful i want to talk about the last sentence where you know where he talks about how much he loves her and how the changes here have been made so that um edith is a thing uh I loved her more than I'd ever imagined it was possible to love anything. She was everything I wanted. The only thing mm. I would ever want. Would ever want. That's true. What is it originally? Edith is now a thing, not a person. What's um, the original? And the original, she doesn't mention any of that. She just says, I was unconditionally, irrevocably in love with him. Yeah, period. And period. Edward gets to be a person. Edward gets to be a man. And this is just, like, one of those other moments where I was, like, so you literally don't know what, even what you're doing. You're still adhering to general, like, terrible gender stereotypical right, like without norms without even knowing it. Without noticing. I would like to argue that Stephanie Meyer made this change of, like, making Bo make this huge, massive declaration of love. She was everything I wanted, the only thing I would ever want to make the ending of this book make more sense because readers it's true. different from twilight oh, just you wait <laughs> that's true she's like trying to up the stakes but like without realizing that like the poetry of the first one actually upped the stakes very more. effectively yes and this really again very high. is overworked there's just more words here and they do less yes it's really amazing that Twilight was Stephanie Meyer's first book and she managed to get in so much beautiful writing. 
Yeah. Like most There's... people work really hard for a long time to get published get, in the first more. place and to like learn their craft. And Stephanie Meyer just waltzed in and happened to have a lot of natural talent. Yeah. She also, another... you know, God, messed up a bunch of stuff, which is why uh, there's so many lines in Twilight you can make fun of. Totally. But like, she has really great stuff in there. Okay, here's another example of where she ruined her own genius. Um, There was, okay, another thing that got added to, like, you know, there weren't gift sets at the time, whatever those little icon things were. Um, The whole line about dazzling, like, oh, do I dazzle you? That line also completely ruined. Um, Wow. 125. Bo says, whatever that thing you do is with the dimples and the hypnotizing or whatever. And she goes, I do a thing. And he says, like, you don't know the effect you have on people. No one's ever accused me of hypnotism by dimples before. That's worse. That's worse. That's so okay. much worse. Like, the whole dazzling thing was always, like, a little bit, like, embarrassingly, like, cute and weird. Right. And, like, it was a weird word to use. But it was so, I don't know, it, like, had an effect. And it worked. And she changed it to hypnotism by dimples. And it's not as good. Um, on that same page, I just want to note that it's where Edith slash Edward, like, tips the waiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought of something this time that I'd never thought of before, which is that, like, you really don't have to tip to ask for a second. No! No. People <laughs> so do that all the time. This is just, like, Edith redistributing the wealth, which I actually support. <laughs> I'm like, yes, absolutely give a hundo dollar tip to a waiter they need it more than you do thank you for doing that that's a good choice um i this also brings me to just generally the dynamic between Bo and edith um i feel like there's a lot more talk of like magnetism and like hypnotic like feeling sort of hypnotized by her eyes did you feel that way maya um, I don't know if you noticed her long eyes. <laughs> oh, I noticed her long eyes. Stephanie repeatedly uh, describes her eyes as long. The first time I saw it, I thought it was a mistake because it made so little sense to me. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why did he describe her eyes as long? And then it first just continues. <laughs> he continues to describe her eyes as long. And I don't know what that means. Is it kind of like a, like, you know, sometimes people describe your facial expression as long. Like you're kind of morose. No. Like I don't think so. Her long eyes were careful. Her long, dark gold eyes confused me. Uh, yeah, it's it's a- not like why the long face. It's not no. like that at all. It's It feels like a very literal physical description of eyes, but I don't know what long eyes are. No. <laughs> They're like oh, anime like- eyes. They just take up a and lot then- of space. It was like the gold of her eyes turned up, like her eyes were drugging me, hypnotizing me. It was devastating in a weird, exciting way. The gold in her eyes blazed again. Like, there's a lot more, like, hypnotizes situation. Yeah, there's... That feels a lot more, like, exotic, mythological creature succubus type of... Totally, totally. ...thing. Where, like, Edward is just, like, a sexy dude. Right. Who, like, turns out to be a vampire. 
I actually struggled to understand Edith's attraction to Bo a lot more than I ever struggled to understand Edward's attraction to Bella. Yeah. Like, you know, a big criticism of Twilight is like, why would this hundred year old vampire suddenly be interested in this one like regular human girl? And the argument that Cass Morgan made so beautifully when she was on the pod uh, go back and listen to that episode, everybody. Author of The 100, watch it on the CW, read her books, whatever. <laughs> um, what if she saw like a huge jump in book sales because we mentioned her on the podcast <laughs> as opposed to the other way around? That'd be Power Twilight. Um, <laughs> but like Cass argued so beautifully that part of what's amazing about Twilight is that Bella doesn't have to be special. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't have to, like, be extraordinary to be, like, worthy of love. She can be, like, a regular human girl. Right, and she's all of us. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Bo, just being a regular human boy, I'm like, why is Edith interested in him? (laughs) I just don't see it. The juxtaposition of, like, a 100-some-year-old lady falling for a 17-year-old boy just seems incredibly unrealistic to me isn't that our own um internalized gender assumption guys i think yes but if you look at 244 this is after they've gotten together uh and they're in Bo's bedroom kind of having their first like like intimate talk like delving into the depths of their feelings together Bo, no sorry edith is describing to Bo all the things that she finds attractive <laughs> about him. <laughs> this whole conversation is explored in a lot more detail than it is in Twilight. In Twilight, Bella's like, do you feel, you know, that way about me? <laughs> yeah, this conversation goes so differently. And Edward in Twilight is like, I may not be human, but I am a man. And they leave it at that. <laughs> That's kind of it, yeah. But here they like really dive into it. Uh, Edith says, so sex and vampires 101. Uh, yeah. And she like talks him. Oh my God. God. Yeah. And then sex and vampires 102, Bo and Edith. I don't think that would be possible for us. So Edward in Twilight was just like, mm, I get what you're getting at, but like, I don't think that we could. And then Edward in Twilight is like, do have you uh and bella's like no and edith just says do you have any experience with sex and humans <laughs> extremely awkward so strange um and then uh Bo is like asking her basically like like so you do find me distracting which is you know the equivalent of do you feel that way about me at all and Edith, like, starts, like, rhapsodizing, like, all poetic, like, you have such lovely eyes, Bo, like a sky without clouds. And on the next page, she's like, next it was your arms. I'm very fond of your arms, Bo. That includes your shoulders and hands. Or maybe it was your chin. That was second. Like, all these things that she goes through and is like, you're just so beautiful. And I'm like, you're not describing him in a way that is convincing. You're just listing body parts. Yeah. Like, what? Sorry, Um, I feel kind of rambly, but one great moment that I feel like Bo had that Bella didn't have was 
when Bella was like kind of trying to find out if Edward had been with anyone, you know, she just like basically asked, but Bo asks and then is like, like, oh, like, but you know, it's like not my business and uh, you don't need to answer it. And it's basically just really inappropriate of me to ask. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very funny. Um, okay, I like that. This gets at though um, that when Edith is explaining that like the reason they can't have sex is because she's worried about hurting Bo. She says, Bo, you don't know how well fragile you are. I don't mean that as an insult to your manliness. Anyone human is fragile to me. And like, she just sort of like contorts herself into like a heterosexual dynamic between them, even though Edith is the vampire. Like, he talks a lot about how small she looks and he like talks very about preoccupied with how like petite she is. Yeah. And like he really likes her collarbones, which like are a very like fragile, vulnerable Ew. thing to find sexy on Ew. a woman. And like she claims that their dynamic would be the same. And it's just like vampire and human. But she has to really contort herself to make woman vampire not be too sexually threatening to him and like i she just doesn't understand like there this dynamic is a dynamic like there are people like there are men who would be into like yeah like this girl could fuck me up and like it's great like i would pay a lot of money you know what i mean experience that (laughs) (laughs) like that is a dynamic and that's what this should be like edith is like the dominant one there's like one time maybe when she kind of like exerts dominance over Bo in a way that edward does over bella in like a sexy kind of way it would be most of the time exactly but most of the time she doesn't do that and like there's this part where Bo goes on a whole like thing about how oh I wondered if it was supposed to bother me that she was so much stronger than I was but I hadn't been insecure about things like that for a long time like so this small girl was stronger than I was a lot but I was willing to bet she was stronger than everyone else I knew kids and adults alike you know it's just like explaining it away in a laborious fashion instead of like leaning into like Yeah, the girl can be the vampire and the, like, sexy, dominant, stronger one, and Bo could be into it. And right. Her, it's a missed opportunity. It's totally hidden. missed. It would be so fun if Edith were still, like, taller than Bo and, like, broader and just, like, a stronger person visually than him. And if he were just, like, oh, yeah, it's so obvious that she could kick my ass. And it's obvious that she could probably kick anyone's ass. That's so hot. I love her. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, she just did not, like, she's too heterosexual to, like, consider that that's an option here. But instead, Bo is tall. Bella is very short. She's, what, like, 5'3", 5'2". We used to all know, like, Bella's exact height. (laughs) No, Bo is, like, over six foot. Mm-hmm. why can't Bo just be Lil and I yeah so I feel like this one doesn't like achieve the same I don't know like tension and sexiness because they're sort of more balanced because she's trying to balance those two things instead of like leaning into like extreme right. version that Twilight is that people were into 
Right. Come on, Stephanie Meyer. Hey, Sam. It's Olivia. Obviously, you can tell we have a lot more to say about life and death. This is not over yet. We had so much to say that we're splitting this into parts. So come on back next week. We still have to talk about how Vampire Sparkling got even weirder. So much more about Archie and the Cullens, uh, the truly bonkers ending. Please do come back for the next part next week. As always, thank you for listening. You can get in touch with us at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Insta and twilightphasepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight Universe, life and death, and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Olivia Valcarce and Maya Marlette. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Warren. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like that, you can fight me.